The Point After Show. With your hosts Paul Lipko, Tom Lipko, Ed Skaruba, and Kavi the producer. The best goddamn fantasy football podcast around. Ready? Let's go. Hey yo, listeners! Welcome to The Point After Show. I'm the host with the most fantasy prayers this week, Eddie Skarupa. None were answered. <laughs> no, none at all. Uh, I'm joined alongside by the Lipko brothers, Paulie Bag of Walnuts, and Monster Teaser Bet Tommy, and also Joe Cabby, the producer, Cabiston. It's week eight, episode eight. My fantasy livelihood is in jeopardy. I'm scratching my head like I have lice. I don't know what to do. What's going on with you guys? Oh, you should probably get some nicks for that lice. Yeah, yeah. some rid. I had a uh, fantasy apocalypse happen to me this week. Every single league that I'm in, it was like a last minute, somebody's out. Whether it was Randall Cobb last night, Ty Montgomery this morning. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Spencer Ware. I make a trade for Spencer Ware. Traded OBJ for yeah. Spencer Ware. Yep, and he doesn't even make it an entire game. That's just the, that is my luck, fantasy luck, coming down the stretch. Somehow I will completely collapse this season with a 5-1 and one start, and somehow I will somehow And I say it every week, you know, the producer, Eddie, and myself, we all have championships. Paul does not have a championship. I just want that to be clear every single week, and this is going to be another season where he goes down without a championship. We will, we, we will, we will. I will address the, the elephant in the room. I do not have a championship. You're right. Um, like I said many times, there's so many ways I can sit here and talk about why I don't have a championship versus these clowns, specifically Tommy. You got something, Cabby? Who's there? That's me. Knocking on the door. I'm back in it. Oh, oh I'm back. Oh, yeah. I'm back. Uh, Cavi oh, is yeah. back. Thank you to the Oakland Raiders. Ring the doorbell. Uh, yep. And, and uh, Cavi's playing Paul this week. Yep. Laying the beat down. Again, between the uh, injury bug and the, uh, the, the, the three-headed C, the three-headed C's of Oakland. Uh, yeah. That's right. I, uh, I fucking hope that their plane makes it safely there. Wow, that's Ooh. not very nice. Ooh. I said Ooh. I hope it makes it Ooh. safe. Hey, the oceanic. I think uh, if we can rewind to last week, I did a lot of phrasing of the Oakland Raiders, and it all came true. Yeah, well, it all came true. I'm gonna. I'll talk pull about this later. <laughs> we'll, this t- we'll hear more about my side of the Oakland Raiders later on in the show. But yeah, it was a uh, Eddie. How about you, bud? Did you break? Uh, did you break eighty this week? Uh, no, I did not. Um, trying to get I'm, some of that off me. Some projections shade. have him, projections have him at eighty one. So trying to throw some shade don't, off on the 80, eighty here. Eighty six. Don't don't sell me short. Eighty six. My projections at. I just looked at them and it's at eighty one point eight. It's not that right. bad considering we have thirteen starters in our league, Ed. So I'm yeah. Well, no. what's a defensive player? <laughs> so defensive players don't get you too much. Uh, so and we're a high scoring league too. Just an FYI, half point PPR. So when you're scoring eighty one, that's when. Maybe you should get on the plane with the Oakland Raiders. Well, when you have, you know, Mark Ingram, who gets you negative two point five points. I'm gonna put Tommy in the spot. Know. You're gonna, you're gonna finish this this week. You're gonna win. Come on, you're I gonna know. win. Yes or no? I'm up thirty. He has Zeke. Zeke's playing I'm as we're win. as we're recording win. this right now. I'm gonna now. win. Go to five and three. I'm gonna move up to fourth place this week. Keep it on record, because tomorrow next week we'll be playing this one we'll, back. Oh, uh, we'll play this one back. We'll call it the Eddie Jinx. Yeah, <laughs> it's effed up, but yeah. okay. I still have faith in my team, no matter what. Eddie's know. about I, to start trading away his team. I was yeah. thinking After about it. Week. I was thinking about it, but I I still have hope. I think I was looking at the uh, 
the chances and the probabilities. I, I did my. Uh, did you call Greble? My my Solitsky math in my head, and I I think I'm I'm still okay as long as I win the next five weeks. So I, have, I, have, I, have, I have a rough two weeks coming up. Uh, it's going to be rough. And he's hoping to win the ne- next five weeks, and he hasn't only won one game in the first seven weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, hey, I won the first week, lost my last six weeks, so I'm due. I want to say thank you to whoever <laughs> dropped Bobby Wagner in our league. That was this. me, by the way. Thank oh. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, thank you, because he the got me. The transaction kid. Yeah, he got me seven, seven points today, yeah, so I, know. I appreciate I, that. Uh, I got beat by a guy I dropped, much like Crowder, who also I dropped in at some point, he's, he's going to jinx be me also. about him a lot later, too. All right, well, enough of this. Let's, All right, let's keep on going. Okay, Paulie, panic button. Let's press it. Guys, this week uh, my panic button starts off with the man we call Russell. I finally got my ding-dong wet, Wilson. And uh, Russell Wilson has been an absolute nightmare for fantasy owners. Um, I, I, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Like this guy was a what fourth quarterback, third quarterback off the board in yeah, most drafts. Yeah. Oh yeah, late second rounder. I think he averaged his average draft pick was 23rd in most drafts. Um, he's right now averaging 14 points a game as a starting QB one. Uh, he's he used to make a lot of plays with his legs, but I think and which gave him so much upside of fantasy value, and, and, and he's hampered. He just has injuries upon injuries. He has injuries to his injuries, which just doesn't allow him to do anything with his legs anymore. Um, so I just I have a huge problem with with Russell Wilson. I think that each week you you want to start him because you just uh, especially the division he's in. But I think that you're almost better to maybe try to look to trade him before the before the deadline and try and get something for him and stream that quarterback position. What do you guys think? Actually, I usually never agree with you, but this week I'm agreeing. Uh, I'm panicking on Russell Wilson. He has a couple decent matchups coming up in the next four weeks of Buffalo and then at New England, Philly, and at Tampa Bay. But I'm panicking on him. Uh, you know, the guy in our league tried to trade him a few times, tried to deal him around, but he's definitely not a guy you want on your team at this point. I just there, don't know there if there's any value for him. five, six, seven, eight other quarterbacks you'd rather start yeah. over him every single week. And some of them you might be able to get on the waivers. Yeah, I think, I mean, the right now the problem with him is for owners is he's a, he's a buy low and – you know, I mean, unless you're willing to part with them f- for shit, what are you going to do? You're just going to be stuck thinking about it. If you have something else on your bench that you could start a quarterback, go try to use his name value to get some type of value off of it. Trade it to the dum-dums of the league. Dum-dums. And I, th- I think uh, handcuffed to Russell Wilson is a Doug Baldwin panic button. Last three games, he hasn't had more than 54 yards. He was their number one last year. He hasn't really proven that this year. He had a, he had a couple good games. Uh, he had one game against the 49ers for 160 yards and a touchdown, but other than that, he hasn't really done shit this year. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what happens when you have a quarterback that you're panicking on. Obviously, it impacts the rest of the offense, even you know. So well, I think when I think on. having Marshawn being gone, there's not a lot of worry, although. Christian Michael looked good. He, he looked good today. Yeah, he they're, did. They're good. But and I don't CJ, think that there's a, Hey, let's say let's say there's a new best CJ on uh, the team. <laughs> that, that's Again, possible. it just comes back around. Um, there's a new so, best CJ on the team. He was our leading receiver today, so I mean, yep. CJ Procise. So Again, guys, if you have Russell Wilson, um, I'm panicking on him. I would probably Sounds like everybody here is too. Yeah, I think yeah. that you've probably already been in the worry the worry zone, so figure out what you're going to do with him before trade deadline. Moving on, I'm uh, my second panic button goes to Mark Ingram. Uh, 
Yeah, Eddie feeling the pain on this cat. So Mark Ingram, obviously uh, high draft pick. He was been second round in most draft leagues. Um, he's he's been under ten fantasy points in four out of the seven games he's played. Uh, this week he went for a whopping negative two and a half in our league. Um, he coughed up a fumble and uh, put him in the doghouse. They benched him. Um, yeah. Second in his second fumble <laughs> in two weeks. I mean, yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, it's not just that you got benched because you fumbled. I believe that there's it's beyond that because if you look at the numbers, there's a trust issue. Um, Tim Hightower came in and, and and replaced him this week, and he ran. He he carried the ball 26 times. Mark Ingram did not carry the ball 26 times the in a single season, game. Right? Not no, a single yeah, game this year. Say. So I feel like they all of a sudden, do they have more faith in Tim Hightower to run the ball versus Ingram? And is that a that is a bad sign going forward for Ingram, I think. So. I think, um, you know, I, I'm going to agree. I'm panicking on Mark Ingram too. But I think with um, the running back situation here, the game dictated some runs because you're playing Seattle's pass defense, which is one of the best in the NFL. So they had to run the ball a lot more, and ball security is definitely, definitely a big issue. So they definitely had to make sure they had a running back in the backfield that was going to hang on to it. I'm worrying about Mark Ingram. Eddie wanted to swap me earlier for him as I was trying to trade for other people, but <laughs> I'm, I just, not, I'm, I, I just, I'm panicking. But I can't I, find a value for him. I would take, uh, just sticking in the same game, I would take Christine Michael over him. Yeah, oh, and if you looked last week at my sit em stardoms, actually I said start Christine Michael. Yeah. And my bench was Mark Ingram, so... Yeah, that was a good call. Thanks. Very good call. That's the nice thing you said to me in a while. You want to hug? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll hug it out. Um, so, we're good on that one. I'll move to we're my good. next yeah, one. Yeah, we're right, panicking. Let's just Do keep it. rolling here. I then. hate Ingram. So, this is another guy that um, I'm panicking on as of late, and um, I'm... You know, early on in the season, I was really down that I didn't I didn't draft this guy. He went in, like, the fifth and sixth rounds of most drafts. I think he was a steal the first three weeks of the season, I think everybody assumed that they just had this guy locked up, especially week three. But Marvin Jones, in week three, he went bananas against Green Bay. I think he went, what, 205 yards and two two touchdowns? Since then, he hasn't had a single game over 100 yards, and he hasn't had a single game with more than five catches. Um, panic button. Hardcore on this guy. He's a number one receiver. I think... You know, people were like, oh, he's taking over Golden Tate. He's taking over uh, Megatron. I, I don't. Here's where I disagree with you. Yeah, I disagree. I'm panicking a little bit, not <clears throat> too much. Like uh, if I had the other two people that we previously spoke about on my team that I'm worrying about. But with Marvin Jones, you said the number one receiver. Yeah, sure. He, he played as the number one there a couple weeks, but he's not a number one receiver on your team. Like you said, people were drafting him in the fifth and sixth round. So as a second and third receiver on their fantasy team. So. You know, he's not living up to those expectations. People are putting these false expectations of wide receiver one on him because of those first three weeks. I'm not panicking yet. He's pretty close. Um, so like can I, I can I toss something out here? Because I want to I want to explain. This is something that I think this is a perfect example of something that I wrote about last week. Trade Ajayi, right? So if you look at Marvin Jones, it's almost a similar thing. You you could have traded Marvin Jones in week three and probably got the world for him because he was at his peak. There was What else is he going to do from that point on except go down? Three weeks later, here we are talking about him on the panic button. I would be willing to bet you guys all that in the next three weeks, Jay Ajayi ends up on this panic button. Wow. I, I'm telling you right now because he's peaked. There's nothing else he's going to do better. Yeah, well, of course he's not going to do 200-yard fantasy games, but if he does 100 he's, every week. He's not going to, or, though. 
or close to 100. Close to 15 fantasy points a week. I'm okay with that. Jay- I think I think that people when people drafted Marvin Jones as say their wide receiver too, they were getting wide receiver one numbers from him and therefore they might have given away or trade or traded their number 1 That's to get a better too. receiver. Yeah, true. Or Sound to get a, or to get to get to get a better running back or, you know, Make maybe trade for Gronk or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And now they're not getting that wide receiver one that they were getting from him in the, in the beginning That's of the season. That's bad management you know I mean? of your team then, you yeah. know. I like my Golden Tate Bridge. He's starting to come alive. That's he, why he, I, he know, has hey. been he has been looking much better. Yeah. <clears throat> and the fact that Ebron can barely stay on the field is is helping him too. So, but uh Let's keep going. So, uh, fourth one out of my five guys on the panic button goes to Julian Edelman. I think it was only a matter of time before this guy showed up. I think he's the only thing in New England right now that you might be panicking on because that team is just rolling. When Tom Brady's back, it's like a it's like a freight train out of control. You don't want to get in front of it. But Julian Edelman. Uh, you know, he was drafted in most leagues in the fourth round. He was he was supposed to be this breakout wide receiver one. This was his year. He was coming around. He's, he was a PPR machine. Um, I mean, he's only averaging five catches a week year to date and 45 yards, and he's only been in the end zone one time, and that actually came this week. Yeah. This week, and it was a mediocre game even with the touchdown. So I'm panicking hardcore on him. I think that there's not um, – I think Tom – Got his love interest back with Gronk. I don't think Edelman's seeing as much love as he, he as he needs to. Um, he's getting targets, just not making catches, and they're not being productive. I, I feel like Amendola is actually getting a little bit more productivity than than Edelman owners right now. What do you guys? I'm not panicking on Edelman. Uh, like you said, he's getting a ton of targets. Do you own him? No, I don't own. That's him. why you're not panicking on him. No, even if I did, he's he's still getting his targets. You know, that's my one of my big targets factors. don't I get fantasy at. points though. It doesn't matter. That still means you're getting opportunities. Right. True. So, so if I'm stealing he's my averaging lines. nine <laughs> nine targets over the last per week over the last four weeks, he's getting, yeah. and he's catching sixty three percent of those targets. What what else more do you want from a wide receiver? Some sure. yards. Yeah, he's. What? So if I can, I can listen, man. I can check the ball down a hundred times. If I could throw you the ball ten times and you only get fifty yards. What is that for fantasy value? 50, in a, in a one-point PPR, I guess it's great, but he's not getting that. He's getting I'm five catches. I'm not really worried about he's getting. Him. He's averaging five catches, 45 yards a game. He's so got in, San even, Francisco and the Giants coming up in the next couple weeks. By next week and then Seattle. Then he's got you know the San Francisco and the Jets. So I think he's going to put up some points. I'm not panicking on him. I'm more panicking on his ability, and maybe he took a step back as a receiver. I think... Brady still has that confidence in him that he had when he was catching everything last year, the year before. You saw today, Brady was giving him a, a couple harder throws that were put only where he could make them, and he was not making the spectacular catches he used to make. But when he does make those catches, that touchdown that he he made today, if you guys saw that, like that was like second and third effort touchdown, like ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, when he gets That's, the ball, oh, he's yeah, a playmaker. He, yeah. But I just don't. Again, I get it. You're 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 getting eight nine targets a game, ten targets a game. But if you look at some of them targets, to Cavi's point, I think some of them are just they're they're almost unrealistic for his skill sets to be catching. Like and don't that. forget, yeah, Tom Brady's only zone. played what four games so far. So who's that? Tom Brady. Yeah. So so when he was suspended, he wasn't able to practice with the team. I don't think that matters at all for Brady. Yeah. If he came back. You at, still got to get your chemistry going with your players. Well, Gronk, okay, you're gonna say <clears> Gronk, but 
that's just different. <laughs> I don't know. You have different target there. I think he spread it around to Hogan and like you said, Amendola, Martellus Bennett stole a couple targets, but I think the Patriots I, cut a couple <laughs> receivers that just went and stayed with Brady for a couple weeks and th- he got plenty yeah. of practice. I just think you got Hogan, you got James White, you got you know the, the the two tight end package. I think there's too many mouths to feed there, and I think Edelman seems to be the odd man out. I even think Amendola's been a little bit. I agree. I think I think besides Gronk, there's no <clears throat> solid, steady receiving. What 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 are you there. what are you talking about? It's like a wide receiver two, three, one. Well, you, dra- you, figure, you drafted him. You draft him in the fourth round. You have to assume he's an every week start. Fourth yeah. round draft pick is an every week start for a wide receiver. Correct on that. Yeah. yeah. And he, you could, would you put him as an every week start? Would you not be sitting there going? I'd be nervous. Shit, do I, I want to bench him? Receiver three. I would, yeah, I would have him. to. But he'd yeah, be, you'd be getting you'd be getting beat three. up if you had him on your team and you couldn't bench him. That's yeah. the problem. That's yeah. what I see as a problem. When you have a guy on your team that in your mind go, I can't bench him. I have to play him, and you're getting nothing out of him. That's a panic button. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, all right, my last one. My last one. Actually, it's funny that I say it. My last one actually will also stay with New England. Um, Not a guy that I think was drafted crazy high, but I think that after the first two or three weeks, people were really high on him, and that is Marty B., Martellus Bennett. Does he actually go by Marty B.? Uh, He does. That's his stage name. That's his rap rap name. That's what he goes by when him and uh, Gronk go to the club. Marty B. Yeah. As long so, as he stays out of the clubs with Aaron Hernandez. Oh, uh, mm. yeah. Clubs fine. Just don't get a ride home with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. This, this took a this took a dark Too turn real. down a really Too really real. long alleyway. Anyway, so uh, Marty B. I think it was a dark period. <laughs> Martellus Bennett has been a uh, a bit of a a bit of he has he's been scarce. Let's be honest. For for owners that have loved him the first couple of weeks. Uh, it looks like Gronk has got his stride back, and he's he's, you know, he's the love yeah, we interest. We expected of, that, though, right? We did. We, we did. We, we we talked about it a lot in but our think, earlier podcast, and we talked that maybe with Belichick as the coach, they could actually move it towards a two tight end set like they used to have. But I said that. I guess I was kind of wrong. I'll admit it. But, but I, I'm it worrying was, on Martel. All the signs were there. He loved. They loved he's, that he's two tight end set. He's worried about some injuries too. Yeah, so. he's he's a little dinged up. He's definitely you, dinged up. But you, you I, his, gotta. He has fallen off the map. Yeah, I think if you took uh, Martellus Bennett, though, you took him in the understanding that Gronk was coming back, and you yeah. weren't, you didn't have long term goals for him. But he's a perfect example of somebody had him in week two and three, and had a, probably an opportunity to oh, sell yeah, him for the 100%. world. Oh yeah, yeah. And I didn't do it, and now they're immediately regretting not selling him. But I, I as opposed to selling Gronk in like week two for not the world, and right? Having yeah, on your that, face, that didn't work. I out. I can yeah. still see Martellus Bennett. Like I know when the first week that Tom Brady came back, he had sixty-seven yards and three touchdowns, which was ridiculous. And then the next three weeks, including today, he had he didn't top fifty yards. Forty-eight yards was yeah, the most. real quick. But I could I can see him coming up in the future yeah. having another game where he has. Two touchdowns in no, 50 yards. No, I 100 percent agree. I think he is going he's to be he's, bust. He's That's exactly. Right. He's that guy that like it's going to be a situational game where he's the guy getting targeted, mm-hmm. and he's either going to be sitting on your bench or and that's you the suffered week that he booming. Yeah, 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 and you suffered through three weeks of him starting him, and he's getting you shit. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, that, so yeah. um, for yeah, me, yeah. he's, he's pampered. Cav, you got something on that? I just think we. I think it's fair that we give congratulations to. Our man Gronk on his 69th touchdown. He did. Oh, Very excited. Yeah. 69th touchdown. You know, you know what happened out on the field. You know he's celebra- celebrating that tonight. Right? His favorite uh, number. Yeah. Did you hear the call? Yeah, did absolutely. you hear the call on that play? Absolutely. The the announcer actually said Gronk's favorite number, the 69th touchdown. Yeah. 
still a little, he's great. A little ridiculous. His press conference I don't know what he's awesome. talking about. Yeah. Well, none of us do, but Gronk just really likes that number. <laughs> All right, guys. So that is Paul's panic button for week eight. Let's move on to Cavies. What the fuck are we doing out here? I ask you, what in the fuck are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing? So what's the big fucking deal? What the fuck are we doing out here? I ask you, what in the fuck are we doing here? All right, I'm here with this week's WTF, man. This week, I'm going to go with the Raiders' penalties. So the Raiders won the game, but they also managed to have the most penalties ever recorded by a team in a single game. 24 whistles were blown on the field, 23 is what it finally came down to. The previous record was 22. Despite having 200 yards in penalties, the Raiders were able to come away with the win, but as a big Raiders fantasy owner, kind of disappointed in me. I lost some substantial yards, scoring opportunities from Mari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Crabtree's attitude, swinging a punch at a guy's head, you know, that's just Crabtree being Crabtree. Par for the course for him. Exactly. So this week's WTF man goes out to the Raiders and their penalties. Let's not see that again. All right, guys, we're up now with our dum segment of the week. Our dum dum segment comes to you from our Twitter feed where we take some of our followers, either their dum dum moves of the week or anybody that is or in their Cavie's league. Or just Cavie's dum dum moves of the week. Or, or Cavie's dum dum moves. So I basically, if, uh, if you guys benched a stud and put in a dud, let us know about it at our Twitter. So our first... <laughs> Twitter is at FFSleeper82, and FFSleeper82 lets us know that, quote-unquote, a friend of his, meaning him, benched... Yeah, definitely him. Yeah, totally him. Of course. Benched Palmer, Carson Palmer, for Russell Wilson this week. So Carson Palmer went off for 363 yards, three touchdowns and a pick for 29 points playing against Carolina. I kind of, you know, we, Tommy talked about that last week. Carolina has a pretty soft uh, passing defense. You were big on, on Carson Palmer this week, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Russell Wilson playing New Orleans, who probably is the worst pass defense. You kind of assume the that you have a pass defense. Yeah, yeah. You have to assume you'd have a decent game. He actually laid a giant egg, Russell Wilson-esque, with 253 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick for a whopping eight. So for that at FF Sleeper eighty two we say Dum-dum. So we got next at Real Deal. At Real Deal says he, sounds like a used car salesman. It sounds like a place where you like you went and got like a video back in the day. Yeah, Real Deal video. Pineline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six. yeah Real Deal. Up, you up the island. If you forgot to rewind it, you got a two dollar fine in the mail. So uh, Real Deal benched Matt Forte and started James White this week. So Matt Forte had a mediocre week of 25 carries, 82 yards, and two touchdowns. Also chipped in with two catches for 16 yards for 25 points. Um, James White had a monster two carries, 15 yards, to go along with his two catches, 14 yards for four points. So a 21-point swing there. Uh, Real deal, that kind of sucks. And real deal, we just want to let you know here at the Point After Show that you are a... Dum-dum! Our next guy, which I think this guy's been on the show before, but at Fantasy Guru. I kind of like that name. I wish he, I, I, I could steal that back. It's on. like the advantage. The advantage. <laughs> so at Fantasy Guru. They hang out. <laughs> he benched or. With the situation. He benched Devontae Freeman this week for Latavius Murray. I don't know on what planet you would ever do that normally. I, I don't. 
who the hell is that? Atlanta was playing Green Bay. I guess I could kind of see that. Uh, Green Bay is the best the, rush defense. Yeah, but I think we talked about this. No Tevin Coleman no Tevin, this week. Yeah, we did talk about it last week. Yeah, that's insane. But anyway, he uh, Te- Freeman had 11 carries, 35 yards, and a touchdown. Nothing spectacular except that touchdown. But he also had a, a touchdown through the air. So two touchdowns for the week gives him 20 points. Latavius Murray went off for 48 rushing yards, 23 receiving yards, and a whopping nine points. So he lost 11 points there. So for that, Fantasy Guru, hey, you are Fantasy a... Fantasy Guru, you should change your name to Fantasy... Dum-dum. And we got moving on here. So at King of Kings, which is a pretty tight name also. The King Kevin of Kings... James. Oh, you're going to like this one, Cavi. This one's all you, buddy. King of Kings benched Amari Cooper... Oh, for Doug, Cavi dislikes it. For Doug Baldwin this wow. week. Apparently he so, doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, well, he might start now, or we just got him to stop listening after we just uh, we're about to call him something here. So Amari Cooper went off against me for 12 catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Doug Baldwin had four catches, 51 yards, and nothing else. 36 points versus seven points. So King of Kings lost 29 points in that change, and that makes him a dum. And the last one, but the certainly not least, is this guy by the name of at Cavi the producer. I don't know Cavi. who this cat is, but at I think, Cavi I the think he follows us. I think he's. I think Never he's heard a of that Twitter account in my life. Uh, he's definitely a listener because he went with us uh, and and went ahead and started Gary Barnage this week. Uh, and Gary Barnage put up a monster three catches, forty two yards. And uh, unfortunately, he benched Tyler Eifert in place of Barnage, and Tyler Eifert went off for nine catches, 102 uh, yards, and a touchdown, 22 points versus six points. So yeah, well, he Cavie, also the producer lost 16 points. He also benched Vernon Davis, who had uh, yeah. 15 points. Yeah, so. apparently, Cavi's playing in an all tight end league. Um, yeah. He owns every tight end in the in the entire league. Now, not a, a but little, he plays Barnage out of all that. No, a little bit of advice. Kevin, I, I thought you'd you know this guy. If you have a stud tight end, it's okay to play them as your flex. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah, Two I mean, tight ends. I, I started Jordan so, Reed on my flex this week. Exactly. Yeah. So having some extra tight ends is never a bad thing. But unfortunately, this guy, Cavi, didn't yeah. do that. He actually had two of his tight ends. I'm aware on of what the bench. he did. I'm, I'm, but he I'm started intimate just to the situation. Barnage. So for that, Mr. Cavi, the yeah. producer. Joe Cavi is a. Yes. Editor's note as of the airing of this broadcast, Cavi the producer laid an ass whooping on Paul the Advantage Lipko. 160 to 125. Put that dumb dumb in your pipe and smoke it, bitch. And that concludes our dumb dumb segment of the week. Feel free to send anything into us that you feel is a dumb dumb by somebody on your league that might have benched. If you played somebody that benched a stud and replaced him with a dud, feel free to send it to our Twitter at Point After Show, and uh, we'll be sure to make sure he gets called out. All right, here's Tommy's top targets on the waiver wire. All right, everybody, I've been talking about this guy for weeks now. He's on my squad, only owned in 49% of Fancy League, which boggles my mind. Jamison Crowder of the Washington Redskins. He's been averaging 16 points a week over the last four weeks. I know he has a bye next week, but, you know, look at what he's done so far over the last four weeks. He's have more fantasy points than Marvin Jones, Jarvis Landry, DeAndre Hopkins, and Elshon Jeffrey. People that you've drafted as your number one ride receiver in the league. 
Jamison Crowder is doing more than all of them, but yet he's still only owned in 49% of the leagues. Go out and pick this guy up. The next person I have on the waiver wire is my man. I've been talking about him for weeks. Paul brought him up again last week. He knows I have a man crush on him. Kendall Wright from the Titans. He's averaging 16 points over the last three weeks. He has San Diego, Green Bay, the Colts, and Chicago over the next four weeks. You know, look at this guy. He's He's been a beast. you got to definitely pick him up in all leagues. I love Mariota, so I love Kendall Wright. And, too, and look, so. at, look at what the, the, the Titans offense have been doing the last four week, the last three weeks. They've been averaging over 30 points on the offensive side. So definitely go pick him up. He's going to be stud, especially there's a bunch of bye weeks coming up. Kendall Wright's your man from the Tennessee Titans. You heard it from me. The next guy I got is, and, and Kendall Wright's only owned in 6% of fantasy leagues. The next guy I have, another wide receiver, unfortunately. That's our waiver wires. is very tough to pick from. But Quincy Anunwa is owned in 44% of fantasy leagues. He's have about 17 fantasy points over the last two weeks. He has Miami, L.A. before his bye. Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting to look a little better each week. Uh, with Decker out, he's the man there behind Brandon Marshall, obviously. But go pick him up. Yeah, and a my, big game this week. 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the la- he he impressed me last week. He had this Oh, that, that top-end speed. That run I think, he, I, think he, I think he hit like 22 he miles an hour. He was the fastest person in the NFL yeah. last yeah. week. Yeah. I that think impressed he, me. He had another that big, he had another big, uh, big reception this and week. And go pick him up with all the buys coming up. You you definitely need somebody like this. That really this. impressed me. That he's going to he's gonna score some points. He's got two weeks before his buy. If was available in your league... First off, get a different league, but more importantly, go pick him up. He must be in an eight-man league. The next person I have is a quarterback only owned in 3% of leagues. We talked about him a little bit last week, how he's going to come back from injury and lead the team. Not to a victory this week, but pretty close. Josh McCown. He had 25 fantasy points. You know, he has some weapons on the offensive side. Uh, Crowell coming out of the backfield opens up the pass game. You know, uh, he's got Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and the Giants coming up. He's my quarterback going forward if you need somebody during buys. So pick him up. Like I said, only own the 3% of leagues. Does anybody else have anybody else for the uh, waiver uh, wire? In case Josh McCown's listening to our podcast, I'd like to remind him of a great offensive weapon he has called Gary Bartonage, and maybe he should look his way a little bit. I was kind of hoping that he maybe like realized that Terrell Pryor played on his team in the second half of games. Uh, just throwing that out there. I'm all right this, with it. This week he did not look to him in the second half. But to answer Tommy, I do have two guys. I don't think that they are guys that you know you'd put on your waiver pickup team. Um, and I understand, but they're definitely fan, they're definitely waiver radar. Uh, start thinking about these guys because in the next week or two. Um, they're, they're absolutely going to be household names. And that is uh, J.J. Nelson from the Arizona Cardinals. Jerron Brown on the IR. J.J. Nelson has stepped up big in that position. And uh, Andrew Hawkins, speaking of Cleveland. Um, I, I can't believe we're talking about this many Cleveland Browns for how bad they are. They don't even have a win, but they got some fantasy-relevant players. So J.J. Nelson, Andrew Hawkins, two guys that I'm thinking keep an eye out for. Pick them up. These are a couple of the waiver wire pickups from the Point After Show. You can get the rest of them at thepointaftershow.com. Look at Tom's waiver wire targets and check us out on the website. Remember, you heard it here first. Here in this diary, I write you visions of my summer. It was the best I ever had. 
All right, we're taking it down a notch, getting to a little sentimental tone. Here's Tom with his Dear Diary segment. Oh, this is where I get in touch with my inner side. Touching something. Dear Diary, usually I don't do this much, but this evening I'd like to thank my brother Polly for a big transaction on Friday, October 14th at approximately 4.24 p.m. Polly went in and dropped Jameson Crowder and picked up Justin Forsett opening the door for me to get Jameson Crowder. This guy has been an animal this season, and I don't understand why a guy who coins himself as the advantage would ever drop a man who's been averaging 14 fantasy points this season. He led me to victory this week with 22 fantasy points. And again, I just want to thank my brother and thank you, Diary, for listening to me week in and week out when the rest of my friends are tired of hearing my fucking voice. I love you, Tom. Dear Diary, week nine of fantasy football is going to be very rough for me. Please keep me in your thoughts. Positive vibes would be greatly appreciated. As we enter week nine, God damn it, I have Nick Novak, Houston's defense, Will Fuller, LeGarrette Blunt, Vernon Davis, Deshaun Jackson and Tyler Eifert all on by. I don't know who I'm going to play. I don't know what I'm going to do. But what I do know is week 10 is going to be just as bad for the bye week for me as all of the Raiders go on by. So this may be my last entry. Hopefully I make it through and we talk next week and scene. All right, Paul, let's hear your entry. Dear Diary, great news. The rash is apparently going away. But enough about Tommy. This past week, I was a victim of fantasy foolishness due to Cavie's three C's of Oakland. The Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, that is, Carr, Cooper, Crabtree, all combined to drop 95 fucking points on me. For my second loss in, this, in a row, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and I don't even know where to begin. To put this into perspective of how ridiculous this was, these three clown shoes, I'll Let's, these three asshats, let's call them, averaged 46 total points per week, somehow decided to drop double that number on me. The idea of having three guys on the same team as part of your fantasy is normally stupid, especially if you look at Cavi, who is, a, who is our returning champ's record of three and five. However, this is the Irish curse that always seems to have to happen <clears throat> when it comes to Cavi. He can literally trip and fall in a cow pasture roll down a hill, and get up smelling like roses. For this, I hate you, Oakland Raiders. Love, Paul. Go fuck yourself! I'm back. Hey, Diary. It's me, Eddie. I'm glad that you're still alive and kicking, because my fantasy team isn't. You stupid fuck. Randall Cobb practiced all week, a scratch. Mark Ingram. Penicillin can't even fix his case of the fumbles. Why do you hate me so? I'm about to pull the plug. Where's Jack and Vorkian when you need them? I'm blaming all of this on you, Diary. I'm too far in denial and self-absorbed to take responsibility for myself. If seasonal depression is considered a medical thing, then fantasy football depression disorder should also be considered a medical thing. I hate you, Diary. Insincerely, yo boy, Eddie. P.S. I pissed in your lemonade, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. You dank diarrhea-smelling douche fuck.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for music to come back to downtown Scranton, Pennsylvania? If you are, hop onto Eventbrite, get your tickets for the Ataris on December 1st at the Leonard Theater in downtown Scranton, and your tickets for December 11th's show with Trapped, Headstrong, they'll take you on. Tickets are very cheap. VIP balcony tickets are still available. Hop on, get your tickets for those shows. We'll see you there. Hell yeah! All right, thanks, guys, for tuning into the Point After Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Point After Show, and my Twitter handle is at E-S-K-O-R-U-P-A underscore P-A-S. Tom, what's yours? I am at T-Lip underscore the P-A-S Cav Dog. I'm at Cavi underscore the P-A-S. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes as well, guys. Paul? And I am Paul underscore the P-A Show. All right, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can send us our your questions, comments, hate mail, and love mail to thepointaftershow at gmail.com. All right, thanks, guys. Hit us up for any of your sits and starts. We'll help you. Boom, 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 boom. tell me what you're going to do, but it ain't nowhere to run. My judgment comes for you, when judgment comes for you. tell me what you're going to do, but it ain't nowhere to hide. When judgment comes for you, cause it's going to come for you. Is this is a